The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. Okay. Good to sit with you. Um, <clears throat> um, so, uh, the, the Buddha uh, witnessed aging, sickness, death, and uh, it was this, this changingness. And uh, maybe we could say anticipatory grief that uh, that launched his spiritual search and anticipatory grief um, is a profound engine for dharma motivation uh, this this week the 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 it's been uh, kind of dharma prominent dharma themes that 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 don't appear in lists and so is awe surrender humor playfulness and uh today uh grieving the the story of uh story of the Buddha is that uh, his mother died around the time of his birth, maybe the most uh, primal form of grief. And generally we see that the, the Buddha wanted to be free from grief beyond grief, sorrow, lamentation, grief, sorrow, and lamentation. There's a path beyond grief, sorrow, and lamentation. But then again, when when uh, two uh, very dear disciples of his died, the Buddha said that uh, this hall that is full with hundreds of monastics feels empty with the death of Sariputta Moggallana. And then the sutta goes on to say, but the Buddha didn't suffer. And I, I don't don't know about you. This is quite individual. Don't know about you, but um, but I want my Buddha to grieve. And it took some time, but uh, kind of clarify in my own heart. But um, I I don't place. Um, grief in the cluster of afflictive emotions. And I, I don't live it, but I could imagine a life free of, of anger and agitation, anxiety. I could imagine it. But it's very hard to imagine a life free of grief, or what that would even mean. And it's like, how do you even look at the world for one minute and see the the carnival of greed, hatred, delusion, the destruction that brings, and not feel some 
bit of grief. And so for me, I associate grief with some of really our best qualities of sensitivity, of love, of morality. I really don't don't know what our sila would look like if we never grieved. You know, loss is kind of, uh, it's part of what makes the sanctity of life intelligible. It's finitude. And, um, you know, children, children have sometimes called growing pains, right? They say their, their legs hurt at night or something. And, uh, Dharma practice has growing pains too. And the growing pains of Dharma often taste like grief. How does it actually feel to change? in the actual trenches of change, not on the other side of letting go. The other side of letting go might feel great, feel like release, feel like we've been freed up from some impingement. But the process of letting go, the movement from the clenched fist of clinging to the open hand of surrender, of letting go, the movement of that is often painful and the pain often feels something like grieving. How does it feel to deepen our compassion to truly awaken to dukkha, to suffering? The Buddha said, comprehend suffering. To comprehend suffering, what does that what does that entail? How does it feel to grow up ethically, to have one's the circle of empathy expand, the process of coming out of our the depth of our self-absorption into a, some awareness of the vastness of suffering? That feels like grieving. And before the the truth of suffering, the first noble truth of suffering, before the truth of suffering ennobles us, we we grieve it. We grieve it for a, a long time. The uh, the ordinariness of suffering, the endlessness of samsara is, uh, is startling. There's um, uh, research, um, Shelley, Shelley Taylor, um, on, on positive illusions, positive illusions. So these are sort of like illusions we have that seem to be associated with health. And so she writes, self-aggrandizing, self-perceptions, an illusion of control, and unrealistic optimism are widespread in human thought. 
these illusions foster the criteria normally associated with mental health. Self-aggrandizing, self-perceptions, the illusion of control, unrealistic optimism associated with mental health. And uh, it's said that, um, that these illusions bolster and stabilize a sense of self. Indeed, um, philosopher Metzinger says, creating, creating too much awareness of mortality threatens the integrity of your and other people's conscious self-model because it implies a deep existential loss of control. Almost nobody wants to gaze into an abyss for too long because, as Nietzsche famously remarked, the, amid, the abyss might eventually gaze back into you as well. And I do get the, the comfort of, of our illusions and we don't live every moment as death contemplation, but um, there's a subtle agitation of self-deception. The Dharma is, is the longing, longing, deep, burning desire, longing for truth. And when some part of us, one part of us knows we're fooling another part of us, we can't settle, there's agitation. And so the chickens come home to roost at some point. Those illusions will not sustain themselves. The chickens come home to roost. And if we've not grieved the homelessness of ego, the ungovernability of existence, if we've not grieved the end of all things, uh, we will be shattered. And so that sense that a kind of anticipatory grieving conditions our heart not towards hopelessness but towards motivation to practice with what we can practice with. To to um to grow into compassion, right? The two wings of awakening, wisdom, compassion, to grow, to deepen into it to evolve as moral creatures, to really evolve, like to grow up as ethical beings. This will stretch ourselves. And, uh, and will entail some measure of grief. Now the grief I speak of is, um, it's very fluid rather than stagnant. James Baldwin said that um, people can cry much easier than they can change. 
that line's always kind of haunted me, you know, it's like, um, I don't want, I don't want those tears to be a kind of rationalization of stagnation. But the Dharma, the Dharma grieving is a process by which something else becomes love. And something else becomes love. Dharma is this alchemical process, transmuting, transmuting. Pema, Pema Chodron, this beautiful line saying that grief is completely pregnant with bodhicitta, the, the awakened heart, completely pregnant. And um, and this inside path, the path path of uh, purification, is transmuting suffering into to wisdom and love, and even when the grief uh, hurts, the love never feels far. So I offer this for your your consideration today uh, and uh, yeah, it's good to uh, appreciate the opportunity to be able to uh, to touch into uh, yeah these themes together, these kind of universal human themes together. So, uh, so thank you all, and um, we'll uh, look forward to uh, gathering tomorrow. Okay, have a good uh, good day.